Welcome. I'm Lindsay McCoy with 21 News, and this is our inaugural podcast. We're joined now by Ohio Governor Mike DeWine and Ohio Department of Health Director and Youngstown native Amy Acton, both of whom who are on the front lines right now coordinating the state of Ohio's response to the coronavirus outbreak. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. You know, we've been broadcasting your daily press conferences live, waiting on your every word to know the latest steps that you want us to take. Today, uh, you did not mention any major shutdowns or changes that would impact our daily lives that you haven't mentioned already. So is that a sign that we might be at our limit in terms of changes, or do you expect more? No, we continue to do several things in these press conferences that start at 2 in the afternoon. Thank you for carrying them. One is just tell people, my message today was each one of us can control how this comes out because of what we do. Uh, and it's the small actions, uh, you know, distance, distance, stay away from people. Um, you know, we, I said today people who are coming back from Florida or coming back from a trip, stay home. Do not go out, uh, you know, for an extended period of time. Stay home. If you're thinking about going to take a trip, don't do it. Uh, this is just too too risky. Uh, we also today talked about, uh, you know, we were getting reports around the state from uh, some of the uh, internet, so-called internet cafes. And again, the, the concern uh, is not so much what they're doing there. The concern is people gathering together. Uh, and so, you know, I signed an executive order today that, that, that bans them, tells them to stop. They have to absolutely stop. We're also looking at how we deal with a very difficult issue, and that is uh, when we have people, uh, the elderly, uh, in elder daycare. Uh, you know, this is daycare where, let's say, a nurse uh, drops her mom off, and let's say there's no one else in the home, and the, they provide that mom with, with care. Uh, she can't stay home because of, of medical needs. So trying to figure out how do we you know, disperse people, but at the same time make sure that when they're dispersed, they have someone there to take care of them. And that's, that's really what, what the key is. So there'll be more announcements as we try to work our way through this and, and take care of people, but at the same time get them out of dangerous situations. And a dangerous situation is when there's a group of people coming together that in and of itself is just dangerous. Um, one of the things that you mentioned, you know, I'm a, I'm a new mom, and there are a lot of parents and grandparents in the state, and you, you said recently, remove your children from daycare if possible, even hinting today that you could close them as early as maybe even tomorrow. Is that going to be the case? Well, we're still working through that, uh, but, again, the message is if you can take your child out of daycare, do it. If you can find make other arrangements, you should do it. And look, we're, we're not trying to be difficult uh, or, or create problems for people, but this is life and death. Uh, in a daycare setting, when you have a number of children, one child can come in and be, be a carrier, uh, and now you've infected 15, 20, 30, 40 families uh, when that child goes back and those children go back to their, their different families. So it, it, it's really a recipe for a problem. Uh, we just have to make sure that, that the people who are essential, the nurses and the doctors and everybody in our healthcare system also has the ability to work. And so trying to balance those things out is, is not easy. But you're, gonna, you're already seeing a lot of kids pulled out of daycare. Uh, the number of, of kids in daycare has gone down dramatically. 
uh, and we have to keep squeezing that number down uh, so that we reduce those risks. And unfortunately, we learn, you know, that a little bit more each day, and we now know that kids definitely do get infected with this virus, um, and they do get sick too. You see our age range as young as two to as high as 91. Um, so some of the information we're getting now, we really want to protect our children as well. So we're taking it very seriously. And that kind of changes, you know, the thought process with folks as we're learning more each day. I think at first we thought this was something that would affect only maybe older uh, age groups or those with underlying health conditions. Now this is really, uh, I think, a step further. Uh, today, uh, Dr. Acton, you called this outbreak real. It's heartbreaking. One of the concerns is hospital readiness in our area, in the Mahoning Valley. Uh, have you or any members of your staff been in contact with our local hospitals here? How prepared do you think they are to handle this versus maybe other parts of the state? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things we did early on was sort of gather all our hospitals together. Um, this is an unprecedented situation, and we know it's going to be an impact for the largest hospitals, for the smallest, of course, I was born St. Elizabeth there, what's now, you know, what's now called Mercy. But, you know, it's, it is, um, it's going to be a challenge for them, but they're working collaboratively uh, across the state. Um, we're giving them guidance. We're going to be working with them to have the equipment they need to maximize the response. We'll certainly come alongside of them um, if they do have an extra need. So I, I want folks at home to know they are preparing, they've been practicing for pandemics, for infectious disease. It's part of something they routinely do. And we'll be alongside them to help, help as we ride this out. Any type of uh, challenges they have where they might need to lean on someone like Cleveland or Akron because maybe this region doesn't have as much in terms of volume for hospital beds? Is that really the issue? Yep. Is that our equipment? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we'll see some of our larger you know, you know, Cleveland Clinic is obviously an international presence, so they have tremendous resources. And what I love about this is the hospitals aren't competing with each other. They are all joining together. The bigger ones are adopting the little ones. They're working together on testing. You know, it's going to be imperfect. You know, they're, they're still working out exactly how all that will work, but they've been practicing. Um, I know they're going to be there for you as well. And I, I can't say enough. You know, talk to your provider. I've been talking to a lot of my friends. You know, I went to medical school um, at Neomed. Uh, a lot of my friends from, from school are still in the area practicing. They're telling me on the front lines what it's like in doctor's offices, um, letting me know the things they're facing. That these are things that we're facing all over the country. It's not, it's not us alone, and we in Ohio are going to join together and we're going to do this work together. What type of surge are you seeing percentage-wise in terms of people going in, patients going into emergency rooms in Ohio? I mean, it had to be enough for you to come out today and say, you know, this is real and heartbreaking, and it's, it's definitely something that's happening. Uh, you know, what percentage increase are you seeing? Where are we on this curve? Can you kind of give me an indicator on that? Well, what I can tell you is of the 119 cases we have now, we know over well over 30, 35 of them um, ha have been hospitalized, and, and we do have numbers. I don't have those on me in terms of how many are ICU, meaning needing more extra care than even just being hospitalized. Um, and, 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 you know, we, we're, we know we're at the tip of the iceberg right now, and we're watching the states around us, like Washington, um, what's happening in New York City. And this will be a strain on, on, on everyone. It's not just Ohio. So we're getting ready for that. And 
Um, we'll let you know more as we know. As I always say, we'll let you know as we know. Um, there's really not more to report than that right now. Okay. I know you have HIPAA laws. I think a lot of folks are wondering, now that they're at home, shouldn't there be a waiver right now to learn a little more about these confirmed cases in each county so people know if they may have come into contact with that person, maybe that patient doesn't remember. You know, you know what I'm saying? I think a lot of folks are concerned because yeah. they know there are confirmed cases. They want to know a little bit more about who and where they've been. I know, and I understand that want to know. And what I should tell you is that, you know, the health departments, the disease detectives who do those contact tracings, if you were in contact with someone and it, it was a known contact, you will know, so you will have been notified. But at this point, this is the truth. You have to assume everyone potentially has it because we have something called community spread. That means that any one of us, myself and the governor included, could be asymptomatic and have come into contact with someone who didn't know they were infected with it yet because they weren't yet showing symptoms. That's what community spread means. So at this point, you really just have to assume with each of us that we're going to keep that arm's length distance. Um, we're going to have to stay close to our families and just know that we're all going to be exposed at some time. Um, over the course of this year, some 40 to 70% of people will eventually get it. But what we're doing is slowing down that spread we're taking these measures to keep us safe. Remember, this is physical distancing. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be connected socially. We really have to reach out to each other. Um, we really have to stay together at a, a time like this. We'll stay there with you. Okay. Now, it's still flu season for a few more weeks, uh, technically. So does the hospital system have the capacity to deal with the coronavirus a little bit better or, or much better once flu season ends? Certainly that will expand our capability. We know that most hospitals are at about approximately 70% capacity. It's the hardest month when you have flu season, and we've had a particularly bad flu season. Also for our children's hospitals, RSV, which is a, a virus kids get. And so, you know, I think as, as the weather warms, as we all get out, remember you can get out into nature just apart from each other. Um, it, it does make it a little easier to get fresh air and not be exposing, and we'll also see a drop in some of those flu numbers, and that will certainly help. Okay. Uh, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine, I just wanted to ask you real quickly, the National Guard was deployed to help with the food bank distributing, you know, food for folks who are in need. Any talk or consideration of having them do more than just that, expand those duties a little bit more to make sure folks are not doing some unnecessary travel or going places where they should not? Well, we're going to deploy the guard wherever the guard is needed. Um, you know, there's been some talk of some members of the guard, obviously, or paramedics, or some doctors, we have nurses. Mm -hmm. uh, but the problem with, you know, deploying them is you're, you're pulling them out of their day job. You're pulling them out of what they normally would do. So it's not really value added. You're taking them from one place and putting them in, in another place. What you're going to see the Guard primarily do is things that they're doing uh, right now. For example, we've already authorized them to uh, erect tents uh, near hospitals. Hospitals have told us they need extra space. They need to have the separated space. And so the Guard has tents and they're going to be erecting tents. Uh, the Guards are involved, as you said, in regard to our food banks. Uh, moving some of the food. Uh, the Guard has great equipment. They have transport equipment. So we're going to use them wherever uh, we need to use them. And as this crisis continues, um, 
you know, I'm sure the need for the guard will, will continue. I think people make a mistake. Sometimes they think about the guard being deployed and they think, oh, well, you know, they've got their guns and they're going to go patrol something. And, and usually that's not what it is at all. Uh, you know, when you see the guard called out for a tornado, the guard called out for a flood, it's usually something else. It's usually they're, they, they've got the equipment, they've got something that is needed, and they've got the skill set. And our guards, men and women, um, who I've spent some time with, they're just amazing people, and they're very, very talented. And so the guard uh, under General Harris will be continued to be used as we go throughout this crisis. But people should not get nervous. They should, oh, the one's calling out the guard. You know, people should just understand we're using this as a tool. Uh, and it's a very effective tool in many cases. And we've actually, at the Ohio Department of Health, have worked with the Guard. Um, once a year, we do drills with them, and we actually provide free medical services to a community. So we're really used to working with the general and his team. Okay. I, I know it's probably too early to think about lifting any of the restrictions that you've put in place. At this point in time, do you think that this would last you know, the president had mentioned July, August. How long do you think we're going to be living this way? Well, I don't think anybody knows. I'll let Dr. Acton uh, answer that. But I think it's, you know, people need to get their head into we're going to be in this for a while. We're going to get through it. Life will get better. It'll get back to normal. Spring will come again. Spring actually is starting tonight, as you know. But uh, but we've got to go through this kind of this dark winter and then, things will, will get better, but no one should think that this is going to happen in a week or two. I got a question last night. Somebody said, well, you know, can you, uh, when are you going to remove the restrictions on restaurants? Well, look, we just can't be having people come together. Uh, and so it's going to be a while, doctor. Yeah, I think, you know, this, this is the time to take this very seriously. We did say it in our press conference today. You know, we need everyone to do everything they can. Every day matters right now. We know it's going to get rough. I mean, no one's sugarcoating that. Um, this is a once-in-a-lifetime, you know, event that none of us have ever seen, and, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to tax us, but I, I, I believe we're all really poised. We're very well poised in Ohio. We've acted as quickly as possible, done everything. Someone asked today, can you sleep at night? And every night, I know the governor said he goes to sleep. I go, I wake up, first thing, straight to it. We are constantly thinking about, is there one more thing we can do? But most of the things are the things that you can do to help us, because um, we can't do this alone. I could write orders forever. It will never cover every possible situation. We really need to accept this. I know it's hard to get our minds around it. Um, follow our advice on coronavirus.ohio.gov and take it seriously, because what we do will change that trajectory. What we all do in this country together will actually determine how this will play out. So uh, we all have a role to play. All right. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. I know you are thank very you. busy, and we are grateful that you are staying organized and keeping us informed as often as you do. Uh, again, I, I really appreciate your time, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine and uh, the Ohio Department of Health Director Amy Acton. Thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely.